Welcome to Kim Knows Nothing. That's Kim over there. Hi. Yeah. Uh, Kim, okay. you, you never introduced me. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to. That's Stacy over there. Thanks. You're welcome. You do such a good job of introducing yourself. No, I introduce you. I know. Because it's polite. Well. It's like enough about me. Here's Kim. I know. And then let's go on about me. Go on. <laughs> go on. Um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so far, we're, we're knocking it out of the park. We really are. <laughs> uh, here at Kim Knows Nothing, I share a story, a true crime story that mm-hmm. Kim knows nothing about because Kim knows nothing about true crime. Or most things. Indeed. I tell her a story, a real story that I've researched and Kim reacts and she has sound effects. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the sound effect, not me. Not me sneezing. It's hard to tell the difference. It is kind of hard to tell the difference with that one. Okay, so let's just get right into it, okay? okay. Um, this episode is actually going to be a two-parter. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So as I was researching, um, I was getting real deep like I usually do. And then I realized this is getting a little long. So we're going to break it up into our first ever two-part episode. Okay. So uh, we're going to be talking about something a little different than our usual topic. We're not going to talk murders on the cast? Um, there is actually one murder. Oh, we're talking murder. But the rest, they, these are, it's several deaths. Oh, these are all, all of these deaths occurred at the same place. Do you are you catching what I'm? No, <laughs> <laughs> so I could not be any more confused. OK, so we're going to be talking about all the deaths at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. I knew you'd be excited. Yes. So, Kim, you there's and I, a murder at Disneyland. There was a murder, a straight up homicide. Dang! Yes. So, okay, Kim, you and I have been to Disneyland how many times? Like five at least. Together? Together, I'm saying. Together, probably at least five. But like I alone have been there probably over a hundred times. You've For been sure, there probably. Too. I mean, Kim and I are both from Southern California, so easy, done. I have a pass. I want to go right now. I currently don't have a pass, but my sister-in-law can get no me in for part. free. Keep going, keep going. No Anyways. <laughs> All right. So um, this issue has come up, and we've kind of talked about it before, and I thought, you know what? I think it's interesting for a lot of people because um, when you are looking it up, you don't always see all of the deaths listed in one place. There's usually a couple that are missing. Like, it'll be like, <laughs> these are the seven deaths that happened at Disneyland, but, like, there's actually more than that or anyway so i went and i researched every single one (laughs) and i spent a lot of time why is this the most creepy thing that i think you've done (laughs) i don't know um okay so my question for you kim is how many deaths do you think that there have been at disneyland not california adventure not well disney world well i have a couple questions to qualify it oh okay is it a death of a person Death of a relationship. Death of childhood dreams. (laughs) Um, Or death of like, I just killed that pretzel. It's mostly pretzel deaths. Okay. Okay. I myself them have murdered multiple pretzels (laughs) at Disneyland. You like the pretzel that's filled with like the The jalapeno. jalapeno. Yeah. 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 That's your favorite. Yeah. Um, How many do you think? Not that many. What do you think? I think the number seven is stuck in my head because you said it. I know. I, I messed it up by saying a number already. <laughs> yeah, you did screw it up. But so seven. 
Uh, the answer is 11. Oh, I thought you were going to say 45. <laughs> the answer is 632. <laughs> and I'm next. You know what I miss? What? The Final Destination movies. I've never seen one. <gasps> really? I should see that. They're so good. I don't know. The last one I saw, I literally gave a standing ovation to. Wow. I know. I feel like you do that, you do that in every movie. No. From Justin to Kelly, I gave a standing O for. For what? <laughs> From Justin to Kelly. What? Oh, I remember that. After American. All right. We're already on the pop all culture tangent. Oh, this is getting cut. Got to start This is a two-parter. It's already going Welcome long. Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome. Um, okay. So, so, so stupid. Actually, on the podcast, My Favorite Murder, which is very popular, they recently did a live show and they talked about Disneyland deaths, but they didn't have all of them either. For some reason, there's not... You don't hear them all in one place. So anyways, okay. I've, I have them all here in one place. Um, and the reason it's so long is because I researched every single one as much as I possibly could. How many of these murders have you committed? Oh, you can't say legally because of that court case. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, don't even bring it up. What are you doing? So embarrassing. God. Uh, okay, so there have been a lot of near deaths or injuries and accidents at the park. And even people who um, died several days after visiting the park. There's also been multiple deaths in the Disneyland parking lot. Whoa. Um, like cars. Or even uh, cars. And then Engines. also um, also gang uh, fights. People getting shot in the Disneyland parking lot. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of wow. stuff that's happened just outside the gates of, of Disneyland. Um, and there have also been deaths inside the park where, let's say, people died of natural causes or somebody died of a heart attack, but it was an older person who they weren't even on like a thrill ride. They were just walking around and had a heart attack and died. Those we're not going to talk about because those don't concern people because it's not because they were at Disneyland that they probably, died. Probably concerns the family. <laughs> the family probably very It doesn't concern the public or the news media because it's not something where it's like, you better watch out when you go to Disneyland and you're riding this ride because it's somebody died on it. It's this person was old and they were going to have a heart attack whether or not they went to Disneyland that day. So we won't talk about those, but the ones we're talking about are... Um, even if the guest died a few days later off outside of the park property, it was because they were on a Disneyland ride and the, the ride caused their death. Okay. Um, and then, like I said, there is one actual homicide. So let's get right into it. I'm excited because I love Disneyland. I know. So do I'm I. I'm sad because I hate people dying. Yeah, and it's going to mess up your um, your view of Disneyland a it's little not. bit. It's not. It's not. Okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I'm still going to ride the ride. No, of course. No, I'm not saying it's going to change. But you're going to be thinking about these when you go and you ride the ride. Like, you're going to think about it. There's no way you're not going to. Yeah. Okay. So let's give a small background of Disneyland. Obviously, the park is here in Southern California in the city of Anaheim. It's been on SoCal. SoCal. Ugh, I hate myself. Ugh. In the city of Anaheim. And it was officially open to the public. It's pronounced Anaheim. Oh, my God. Every word I say. <laughs> this is going to be a four-parter <laughs> of just me interrupting you annoyingly. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about Disneyland. I know you are. I yeah, know. Okay. We should be recording this live from Disneyland. <laughs> they wouldn't like that. They wouldn't. So the park officially opened on July 18th, 1955. Here's an interesting fact because I was reading old newspapers and I, I didn't know this, but the first two kids that uh, went into the park, they were given lifetime passes by Walt Disney himself. And those two people are still living. It was five-year-old Christine Vess and six-year-old Michael Schwartner. I thought that was really cool. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? Um, anyways, that has nothing to do with Disneyland deaths, but I wanted to tell you that. I have a um, fun Disneyland fact. Oh, God. Is that what we're going to do now? 
<laughs> no, I'm going to really, really try not to. Is it? Okay. But, is it? Did you research this? Did you verify your facts? I, I read it on the menu at Knott's Berry Farm. The, about or the placemat. The placemat is it at about, Knott's Berry Farm. Is it about Knott's? No, it's about Disneyland. Okay. Steve Martin, who worked at Knott's Berry Farm. Worked at Disneyland. We all know that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> I have so little. <laughs> I actually came across that in my research when I was working on this, but I knew that because I had a teacher, a high school teacher who used to work at Disneyland, and he talked about how he worked with Steve Martin. In the joke shop? Yes. Not oh. in that shop, but he worked on the Jungle Cruise, but he knew Steve Martin. Anyways, okay. Anyway, well, I did some deep research while eating <laughs> at Nuts Berry Farm, so I think we both worked equally hard on this. Which is awesome. Nuts chicken dinner restaurant is the best. Okay. So the first death actually occurred nine years after the park opened. On Friday, May 15th, 1964, mm -hmm. at about 11.30 p.m., a 15-year-old boy named Mark Maples from Long Beach, California, was critically injured and eventually died from his injuries when he took off his safety belt and stood up in the Matterhorn ride. Oh, why? The Matterhorn ride, uh, just a little background, is a high-speed roller coaster, steel roller coaster that uses what are called bobsleds as its cars. So people sit in front and behind one another like you're on a bobsled. Um, it's and very bumpy and uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. I cannot it's a imagine knocking. trying to take my seatbelt off. Well, so the, the, bobs the bobsleds, he was 15. The bobsleds were completely different then. Those are not the same bobsleds. They redesigned it in 2012. Okay. Um, and so that night, the park had been closed for a private event for the Long Beach Elks Club and their guests. Um... And Mark was riding with his friends, 15-year-old Doug Gibbs and 14-year-old Gary Payne. All three boys went to Stanford Junior High School, and Mark's friends, who were sitting in front of and behind him, said it was dark, and they couldn't tell exactly what happened. Oh, God. But they heard a sound and oh, then God. saw Mark's sweater below them as he was falling. Mark's body was found on a ledge below, about a third of the way down the ride. Um, after his fall, he was in a coma and hospitalized at Palm Harbor Hospital in nearby Garden Grove. And then four days later, on May 19, 1964, he passed away from his injuries. The next day, on May 20th, the Orange County Coroner's Office investigated and determined the death to be an accident. The deputy coroner at the time, James Beisner, said the death was caused by a skull fracture and internal injuries. Beisner conducted an, inv an investigation into the overall safety of the Matterhorn ride, mm -hmm. and he had Disneyland Park employees demonstrate overall safety procedures. At first, authorities, this is kind of a weird part, they thought this might be the result of some sort of hazing by Mark's friends, um, Doug Gibbs and Gary Payne, because they admitted to being part of a boys' social group called Phidias, which is, this is a weird... <laughs> the this is, 60s are such a weird Yes, time. this is so weird. I'm thinking of like a 1960s gang, like the T-Birds in like Greece or something, even though that's the 50s. All right, fellas. <laughs> you want to be in our gang? Cool. You got your pocket comb? Yeah, I got my pocket comb. You got your racial slurs and you're treating women shitty? Oh, yeah, I got no. my racial slurs and my shitty treatment of women? Great. What are we going to call ourselves? How about the uh, the knuckleheads? Nah, the knuckleheads has been taken by Johnny Two-Tone over there. <laughs> no, my goodness, so How deep. about the uh, sweet shades, bro? Nah, that phrase won't be comp- Like, won't be- <laughs> How about Phidias? How about Phidias? That's a stupid name. I like it. <laughs> Kid, Let's do you're it. in. <laughs> um, that's exactly what it was like. Cool. 
uh, verbatim. Mark's friends said that he had been interested in joining Phidias at first, but changed his mind. Um, and so this was not a hazing initiation type thing. Like, hey, what? bro, if you take your seatbelt off and stand up in the Matterhorn, like you're in. But they said it wasn't that. You know what really sucks about that? What? Is um, these are all hard because like you can't really. Sometimes in an episode, I'll make fun of the the murderer or the attacker because they are idiots. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's an accident. There's no, there's nothing to really make fun of. But the thing that really sucks is I think of all the stupid shit that I did when I was fifteen. Yeah, and I, it just sucks when because when you do something stupid, then you have this brief moment where you're like, oh, ah, I gotta stop. Yeah, and that sucks that that stupid thing that that kid did cost him his life yeah a lot of these uh deaths are going to be those kind of scenarios so i'm going to be so an interesting thing about this episode is that <laughs> it won't necessarily all be crime related but no the through line is that just like every other week i'll just be super bummed yes cool, cool. exactly Great. um <laughs> so uh our next death happens in 1966 so that would be two years later 19-year-old Thomas Guy Cleveland from Northridge, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, Northridge. was killed people by... Do people say that? No, uh, I don't think so. Cool. He was killed by the monorail ride. And actually, he wasn't riding the ride, and he also wasn't technically inside the park. He what? was trying to get... He was trying to break into Disneyland. Was he on the track? He, well, yes. So the monorail, just to explain it in case you don't know is a train that circles all of Disneyland and instead of using two tracks like a standard train it's on just one main track and it sort of looks you know futuristic the train moves at about 30 miles an hour it was 9 20 p.m on Friday June 27th 1966 when Thomas scaled he first scaled a six-foot fence and then a, then a 16-foot fence in the parking Dang. in the chain link um, I'm assuming so yeah in the employee parking lot just outside Disneyland that used to be on Harbor Boulevard. That parking lot no longer exists. Um, and he climbed onto the monorail track. Disneyland security saw him and shouted for him to get down. He tried to hide from the train on a plastic canopy that hangs under the train wherever the monorail passes over a walkway. But the clearance from the train on that piece of plastic is only like two inches. Ooh. So the train came by and ran over him, killing him instantly. The accident caused a power outage and the monorail had to be closed for the rest of the night. A fellow, this is kind of grisly, a fellow. It's all grisly so far. A fellow monorail operator named Gary Perkins said, quote, the driver didn't even know what happened. He never saw the kid. All of a sudden, the car just slowed to a stop, end quote. Gary said the kid was just sucked under the car and he, quote, had to hose this kid off the bottom of the monorail, Aww. which is, ugh, that's awful that somebody would. not paint a good picture. Ugh. So, also, yeah. Seems like someone more official should have done some better cleaning. Like, they should have gotten the well, Amy Adams sunshine cleaning people to be like, yes. we'll take care of this in a more delicate manner than like. We are going to talk about that okay. because one of these deaths that comes up, that all gets brought into the public's attention. These first few deaths that happen, there's not a lot of sources. Um, it wasn't really something that the public cared as much about. It just wasn't on the forefront of their mind. Um, and Disneyland did a good job of, you know, trying to not, I guess, push it under the rug, but just this is Disneyland. Listen, Let's not make a big deal out of this. are hard. You know, yes. You're a small company. Yeah, very small. <laughs> so at that 
uh, night at 11 p.m., the park was going to be closed to the public and opened for a high school graduation party. It's called... Uh. It's called Grad Night. Now, this is how I spent my high school graduation. I went to Grad Night. It seemed like the coolest thing. Our school didn't do it. Really? Why not? Um, maybe they did do it. Maybe for other classes, but not your, or you didn't go, or? Well, also possible that I was not cool enough to know about it. Oh, no. It would You've be. seen pictures of me in high school. You think that that kid knew anything about cool things happening? It's not cool. It was like a, it was like a school event. Like your teachers would talk about it. <laughs> Well, whatever. Anyway, what I'm saying is I didn't know about it. Grad night. Okay, so grad night, I'll just explain it. Uh, it's super fun. It's like the coolest thing ever. You're a high school graduate. Cool. Sounds neat. Thanks. <laughs> and Kim didn't get to go, so I want to rub it in her face. When the park closes that night at like 10 o'clock, it's usually on like a Thursday or Friday night, uh, all these kids get bussed in. It's like 10,000 kids from all the surrounding schools, and they get to just hang out at Disneyland until like 5 a.m. That seems like the coolest thing for a high schooler. It's very cool. And the worst possible thing for every person yeah. working there. Yeah. Just a bunch of high schoolers trying to like map. Yeah, map Behind down. the Disney castle. Yeah. While people are trying to just pay their rent, serving some uh, pickles, you know? It was very fun. I remember riding Indiana Jones and it was dark and then we got off the ride and then the sun was rising and it was light when we got off the ride. That was a cool. That is cool. It was a cool thing. So anyways, this happened grad night 1966. Um, and this kid, uh, Thomas Cleveland, he was trying to break into the park to meet up with some friends. He had graduated, but he had some younger friends he wanted to hang out with. So... Um, that makes me a little uncomfortable. I know. He had just graduated from Cleveland High School in Reseda, California, and he worked as a machinist. His 25-year-old sister, Carol, said he'd been trying to sneak into Disneyland to join friends at grad night. Uh, this was 1966, so actually Thomas was meant to be drafted into the Vietnam War really soon. So kind of crazy that he would actually end up dying at Disneyland and not on the front lines, because that could have been a possibility for him, too. Yeah. Um, Wow. So, all right, on to the next, 1967, a year later. It was August 21st. A lot of deaths. The 60s were a weird time. There's actually more deaths in the 80s, but we're going to get oh, there. Oh, the 80s were weird. <laughs> the 80s were weird. You know weird. what? That's a bullshit comment. Like, <laughs> life is weird. Um, you yeah. know, humans are weird. Emotions are weird. It's always going to be a weird time. That's true. It depends on what. Yeah, what kind of life you have. Everything's having. weird. So in 1967, August 21st, a 15-year-old boy named Ricky Lee Yama, or Rick Yama, was killed on an old ride called the People Mover. Do you do you know about the People Mover? It's no longer there. Was it the one that was in the sky? No, that's the Skyway. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Was yeah. it um, the one where you're, if you're running late to your flight, you've got to get on it, and some people are to the right, they're just standing there? And it says, on the right-hand side, stand. Left-hand side, walk. And you're trying to get to your flight, and people are on the right and the left-hand side standing, like, just fucking chaos. You're like talking about an airport. I know, but just be on the right-hand side if you're going to stand. The left-hand side is for being late to your flight. What are you talking about? The people mover in the airport. Oh, no, it's not like a moving walkway. That's okay. a moving walkway. That's a people mover. <laughs> Moves <Moosey. laughs> That's a people mover. I'm a person. No, it no, it's not like that. So uh, actually, then I don't care. Okay, so this ride um, was actually the tracks are still there and the old station. So anybody who's been to Disneyland and been in tomorrow, anybody, 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 no, really, anybody who's been to Tomorrowland, you see the tracks. You know where the um, 
what is that ride called? It's by Buzz Lightyear and Astro Orbiter, right? When you're oh. walking in the track that goes right down the center of Tomorrowland. And yeah. there's the big circular like station up there. Mm-hmm. But there's never trains going on that track. Oh, that's the people wait, mover. Didn't it also go through um, kind of like the Space Mountain ro- line? Yes. yes. And then also into what was the Michael Jackson thing? Yes. Captain, Captain EO. EO. Yes, it yeah. did. Absolutely. Okay. So it was I like was, a little. I wrote on that, I think. Okay, so that was a little train ride that went through just Tomorrowland. But the tracks are totally still there. They've never taken them down. They turned it into a different ride in the, in the 90s. It didn't work out. But I it rode t- the one in the 90s. That's the one I rode. Okay, yeah. And remember, that, I'm very young. That one goes very fast. Right. Um, and it didn't work out. It was too fast for the, the way the tracks were designed. Anyway, so the tracks and the station are still there, but it's just nothing now, which is crazy. Um, so uh, Rick Yama... He was 15 years old. He was from Hawthorne, California, and Hawthorne? was was riding with his friends. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. God. Steve Brooks and Don Madison. The ride actually had just opened on July 6, 1967, and this accident happened August 21st. So it was a pretty new ride. Um, and uh, basically, the People Mover, it was just like taking a little train ride through Tomorrowland, just like I said. Um but it had um, little trains that had four cars on each train and they're kind of like outdoor, like open air, but they have like a little canopy over each one and there's four cars per, per, per train and four people can fit in each car. And, it, and just like what you said, it went through a bunch of different rides and it had like these tunnels. You'd go through a tunnel before you'd go through a ride. And so 15-year-old Rick Yama and his friends were on the ride and about to go through the tunnel area that leads to the Carousel of Progress. That's what it was called then. It's now that big circular building that spins. Mm-hmm. It was 11.30, 11.40 p.m. when Rick decided he wanted to jump from the car he was on and into another car. Oh, Never a good no. idea. He slipped and fell onto the tracks. He was dragged some distance and finally wedged between the rails and the small motor under the car his body was stuck there until about 2 a.m when park employees could get there and dismantle the ride to retrieve him they had to completely take apart the ride rick's friends said that they had gotten to the park at about 1 p.m that day and late at night decided they would try one last ride the people mover a security officer named glenn oder was called his last name was oder o-d-e-r bummer (laughs) he was called to the accident and he is quoted as saying Quote, I knew he was dead right away. I bent down, looked under the car, and could see his head was right in two, which is awful. That's awful. Yes. So something that that just reminded me of is my mom, you know, is a nurse and has spent a lot of time working in the pre-hospital care yeah. uh, world. Yeah. And something that she talks about a lot with that and then with this company that she volunteered, this group that she volunteers with, the Trauma Intervention Program, mm-hmm. is the... Um, secondary victims which might not be what they call it maybe mm-hmm. maybe they could call it something else but so like glenn would be a secondary victim or the friends that were on the ride oh yeah that witness that, yeah because you're just you're fucked up for life oh like, for sure the, um the kids on the first on the matterhorn that yes. heard the noise right you're just gonna hear that forever now. oh for sure sometimes maybe you'll get a couple months without it but you'll hear it forever now and that sucks that too. does really and suck. like you're that you're truly a victim also right that's a bummer. Anyway. We're gonna. I'm gonna. Well, get, I'm gonna get a little deeper into that too in one of Great. our other ones coming up. Great! I'm so excited. <laughs> oh I came here. I was in such a good mood. I know you. Were. I was having a great day. I know. I bummed you out. I'm super bummed. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about my sadness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So our next death happens in 1973. Okay. That would be six years later. 
Thank you. On Saturday, June 23rd, 1973, a dead body was found in the Rivers of America. So as you know, Kim, the Rivers of America is a waterway that goes around. There's an island called Tom Sawyer's Island. Okay, so um, you take a little ferry to go across to the island that's in the middle of the Rivers of America. There's also... Uh, you can canoe! You can canoe. Yeah. You can canoe around the, the river. Yeah. There's two boats you can ride um, that go around the river. Anyways, the body was that of 18-year-old New York tourist Bogdan de Leroux, who had gone missing the night before, and Disneyland security, as well as Anaheim police and firemen, had been searching all night long for him. Firefighters. They're not men made of fire. They are fighters of fire. Oh, my God. You're going to make me re-say it. Okay, hold on. I'm going to say it No, again. leave it in. <laughs> you know, I guess I just used the verbiage from the 1970s newspaper, so I'll, I'll take that in my defense. Lean in. Anaheim police and firefighters had been searching all night long for him. <laughs> uh, Bogdan was, he was with his younger brother, 10-year-old Dorian, and they had attempted to swim back from Tom Sawyer Island. The 10-year-old made it, but his brother drowned. Um, this death, I wasn't able to find as much information on just one newspaper article. And I read it online, so I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of facts that back all of this up, but I did read that the younger brother, Dorian, he couldn't swim. So his older brother, Bogdan, had put him on his back, and that's inevitably how he ended up drowning. They realized they weren't faring so well and they were in trouble, but instead of alerting park staff and drawing attention to the fact that they were breaking the rules, they just kept swimming. At 9.40 p.m., Dorian made it across, and that's when Disneyland staff and eventually local authorities began the search for his brother. I also read that the parents of the boys tried to sue Disneyland, uh, claiming that the name Tom Sawyer Island encouraged them to want to stay the night on the island like Tom mm -hmm. Sawyer and Huck Finn. I read this in a book, and I couldn't find any other source to verify it. Um, the book is like all about Disneyland like secrets and behind the mouse ears kind of stuff whatever mm -hmm. um but i couldn't find any newspaper articles to corroborate that there was no there was no newspaper article that said the family of these kids has sued disneyland that just doesn't i never found evidence of that yeah. um but also according to this book the story was that bogdan and his brother what they had done on the island is they'd hid behind a fence in the area near the burning settlers cabin which is like just an area that's off limits actually you can only see it from if you're canoeing you can see it mm -hmm. um with the intention of staying overnight but the thrill wore off and they decided at 9 40 p.m we're just going to swim back to the park yeah um so that's all the information i have on that one you know what's the bummer about that is mm -hmm. that that's like a common thing where these families sue a facility like Disneyland, even though it's not Disneyland's fault. They didn't tell the kids. You know, they're just grasping at straws, kind of. And then, inevitably, like, people turn on them. The media turns on them. And they're just looking for money. And they're just looking for this. And, like, yeah. they're just looking for an outlet for their grief. Yeah, that's true. Their parents whose kid just died. And, like, their yeah. little, their youngest son watched, like, the guilt that they, you know. And it makes sense that you would just, you're just grasping at anything to try and. I could see that. I don't know, not have to deal with, like, what's happening. Right. Such a bummer. Yeah. Our next death happens in 1974. Great. Just a year later. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. This one I think you might have heard about. Um, I'm not sure, though. So on July 8th, 1974, at 11 p.m. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> at 11 p.m., 18-year-old Disneyland employee Deborah Gale Stone was killed in an exhibit that no longer exists called America Sings. Oh, I have heard of this, I think but you vaguely. Have. Okay. 
This one is actually the only young girl who's died at the park. A lot of them are young boys who are acting recklessly. So this is a young girl who worked for the park. So it's a little... Young girls are ladies. They are. And they don't take off their seatbelts and stand up on the Matterhorn. You know what, though? I don't want to perpetuate any stereotypes. Some young girls, like me, I was a very stupid little kid. But you didn't get yourself killed doing it. So the statistics do show that young girls were less likely to get killed at Disneyland. They were more likely to be killed in other ways. Yes. By guys. Yes. Always by always by guys. Deborah, or she went by Debbie, was working at an exhibit that no longer exists called America Sings. The exhibit was a theater experience. Built for me, by the way. Built for you? This whole exhibit seems like something that like I was just waiting for a little Kim to like walk in. America Sings because Kim loves America. It was um, actually in the big round carousel building that rotates. And the way it worked was um, uh, the, the that rotating building now is called the Tomorrowland Expo Center. But it was called. Um, you can meet Thor. Yeah, you can meet Thor in there now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it had only just opened on June 29th, 1974, uh, which was only about that was only the accident happened on July 8th. So. It was a brand new ride at that point. Not ride, but exhibit. And um, Deborah had been caught between uh, the moving walls of the platform and stage, and she was crushed to death. The way this worked was that there was um, a series of six stages in the center of this round building. And then on the outer outer area, outer ring, is where audiences would sit. And you'd be sitting down, and you're watching a show. And then the audience area would rotate, and you would spin around to the next stage and watch the next show. And you'd see six different shows in a 24-minute time span. Hold on. Yes. I would be able to walk into this building. Yes. I would be able to sit. You sit. I wouldn't have to move. Nope. The show moves for me. Yes. I don't have to get up. Yes. And it's 24 minutes yep. of me sitting comfortably. Yes. Hearing about America. You're, you're in an um, acapella fashion. You are watching different um, types of American music and you're listening to different types of American music from all around the country, basically. So, like, here's some Southern, like, Bayou music and here's some, like, New York, whatever. I don't know. Really all different like kinds. a dream. It's no true. longer, no I longer. I know, around. that sucks. <laughs> so, what happened was there was something about the. The way the walls moved and there's some stationary walls and Deborah got caught in between one of those moving walls and she was crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, Debbie, Debbie, oh, Debbie Debbie was yeah. That's my mom's name. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry, mom. She was from Santa Ana, California. <gasps> Which is not far not from Disneyland. Enough. No, don't even. She had just started working there as a summer job after recently graduating high school. And her job was to greet guests as they entered the attraction and to say goodbye to them 24 minutes later after the show. I bet she was so good at that job, too. I bet she was. I know. There's a picture of her. She looks very sweet. Oh, man. Um, and she died during a 45-second interval um, when the audience had left her theater and it was moving into position to start the next cycle. Um Daniel Robeson, a 33-year-old member of the Air Force, he was there in the front row of an adjoining theater when he looked to his right and saw oh what looked like a child being pulled from the between the platform and wall and then heard a scream. Within days, Disneyland decided to close down the attraction as they investigated what happened to Debbie. It was reopened on July 11th, so three days oh. after the death. Disney was ordered by the Division of Industrial Safety to have a plan submitted by July 25th of that same year for improved safety measures. And at this point, Disney had installed a warning light system as a temporary safety measure. They also replaced the walls with safer breakaway walls so that if no one can get crushed, now the wall's going to break away instead of crushing somebody. 
and as well as a pressure system on the seats where the staff members sit so that walls can't move if staff members aren't seated. So um, interesting fact about America Sings, the attraction, it no longer exists. They closed it in 1988, but um, those animatronic animals, some of them were moved to a new ride that opened in 1989 called Splash Mountain. So when you're at the end of the ride, when there's like the big like ferry boat with all the different animals singing, those are from America Sings. Think about what those animals have seen. Oh, God. That just remind me of the, um, what's that, that Charmin commercial? What? When they're like, this, our, our toilet paper is great, but the frog can't unsee the things he's seen in this bathroom. Oh, God. Have you seen those? No. <laughs> kind of funny, but also awful. Oh, my God. Um, okay. I don't know much, but I know <laughs> commercials. Yeah, you do. So I read that Debbie's parents tried to sue Disney, again, like our last one, but there aren't any sources that prove that. There wasn't in the newspaper that her family tried to sue. She, they've got a case. Uh, yeah, but I don't know that they did. My guess is that they didn't sue. They talked a lot about how they were able to come. They found God, and they, there was all this healing, and yeah. Debbie's life had touched so many other people. And um, So I didn't find any evidence that they sued and that they got any money. They might have. But it, if there was a court case, I, f- I really feel like that would have been in the newspapers because later on you're going to see people suing Disneyland. So I'm, I'm not finding evidence that they did. But um, OK, so this is uh, this is one that I'm not going to count in the 11 deaths because um, technically Disney was Disney was not found at fault for. This is a, so this episode, this two parter is 11 with an asterisk. Yes, exactly. Because it's this is one that people talk about a lot. So I wanted to bring it up. This is one okay. I had heard about. Um, this woman, she died um, after riding Space Mountain, but it wasn't until much after. And Disney was never held liable for her death. And it was never officially um, the cause of death was her riding the ride. No one can really prove what what actually caused her death. So um, the family involved tried to sue Disney, but they didn't end up winning. Um, the story begins in 1979 when on August 14th, a 31-year-old woman named Cheryl Ann Hoffman, she boarded Space Mountain. Kim, you know Space Mountain. It's mm-hmm. a high-speed indoor roller coaster that's one of my favorites. Uh, really? It is. Yeah. I, I, love, I did not know that. I love fast roller coasters. Cool. Um, <laughs> it goes really fast. And I looked up the speed. How fast do you think it goes? It feels like it goes like in the 50s. Okay, it must just feel that way because it only goes 30 miles an hour. That's not real. I'm, I'm not even joking. Really? I'm not even joking. I'm I looked it up many times because my mind was blown. I think it's because you're you're in the dark. Yeah. You're, it's all twisty-turny. Mm-hmm. It's like open air. The mu- There's music playing. Like, I think it feels... I mean, same thing with, um, like, Thunder Mountain and Splash Mountain. The highest speeds are, like, around 35 miles an hour. Same thing. Hmm. It just... I don't know. It feels faster than it is. So a 31-year-old Cheryl Hoffman was at the park with her husband, Ron Hoffman, and their two children. According to a park. Oh, man. A park. I know. I don't like when the kids are there. I mean, kids are at Disneyland, obviously. Um, no, they're, they're a part of the story. Yes. A park spokesman named Al Flores, after writing, according to a park spokesman, uh, Al Flores, after writing Space Mountain, Cheryl was semi-conscious and unable to get off the ride. Oh, this is, no, this, this feels is like something up. that would happen to me. Her husband signaled to park staff to stop the ride and get her off of it and get her medical help. But somehow there was a lapse in communication and Cheryl was actually sent through the ride a second time semi-conscious. Oh, no. Isn't that awful? Yeah. Oh, you suck. Because how bad, like, are you messing up? I have so many follow-ups. First of all, did yeah. you, 
like what is the communication like hey she needs help yeah she loved it no <laughs> she needs medical attention she wants to go again no <laughs> she needs call 911 yeah 911 more times okay <laughs> oh my god but then also yes there's been many many a time have i ridden a roller coaster and i've been like another yeah and then they're like yeah get off the ride and go to the back of the line you dumb dumb right so why did they yeah i i don't understand that either i think it was just like what you said before which is like we need help and that signal was like oh send this send this car through again one more time it was like one disneyland employee Mm -hmm. so which oh it's so messed up her husband ron said to the local paper quote it was scary as hell all i could think of doing was protecting my wife was he off the ride or on the ride he was on it with her the second time Mm mm-hmm he said the safety bars weren't even in place. I held her, but she was jostled very much anyway, which is crazy. How? I don't. So that is. It's shocking, s- right? I, I'm like, like, it's not funny. No. But it's so shockingly it is. fucked up. Yes. It's making me like anger laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like how stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sure this person has gone on to do many things and like contribute to society in ways that matter. But like how stupid do you have to be to be like, well, I guess I'll just start this again. Fuck the safety things. So now nah, you'll put it on as you're riding up. You get kind of slow incline. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> they seem like they know what they're doing. Who knows? Were the kids on the ride the second time? I believe so. Oh, man. They were with them. I hate everything. I know. So after finally getting off the ride, Cheryl was taken to a park first aid station where she lay for two hours without seeing a doctor. <laughs> the nurse said she was getting not better. Funny, this is what I'm picturing is. Uh, isn't there like Goofy does a doctor bit? Yeah. It's Goofy there. And Goofy <laughs> treats like, you. Ahoy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yuck. Oh, yeah. Uh, Goofy's not a sailor. Ahoy? Ahoy? Uh, yuck. <laughs> Um, the nurse said she was getting better, but Cheryl's husband demanded that she be taken to a hospital. So Cheryl died one week later. Um, and at the time of her death, the coroner was not able to determine a cause. Uh, was it because of the ride or did she have some pre-existing condition? Later, they determined the cause of death and it was due to a heart tumor that had become dislodged. But there was no way of proving whether or not the ride had anything to do with it. Because if you have a, if you have a heart tumor... You know, anything can happen in that situation. And you're not supposed yeah. to ride roller coasters if you have a heart condition. She didn't know, Cheryl. Yeah, she didn't know. She saved up all this money to go to the to Disneyland right. for the day with her husband and her kids. I know. So um, Cheryl's family, uh, they believed that the ride had dislodged the tumor from her heart. They tried to sue Disneyland, but the case was dismissed because there was no way of, of proving that. Yeah, but I feel like... They've got a more of a case because some like seventeen year old, yeah, thinking about some like love of his, <laughs> wondering uh, what do I do? Do I maybe tomorrow at school I'll talk to them? Should I? Oh, I can't call and ask about homework. That's so stupid. Like when I'm in his in classes, uh, just thinking like, oh, I guess they want to go again. That's fine. And then they press the button, and then they think like, maybe what I'll do is like see if they want to b- borrow like a record, right? That 17-year-old doesn't know what they're doing. But they, she rode the ride a second time. There's more of a case. That, to me, seems like the bigger issue. Because, yeah, it's not Disneyland's fault that she had a heart tumor or even that anything happened with that tumor because of the ride. No. But I think they were a little irresponsible sending somebody semi-conscious through the ride a second time. It is really hard to beat Disney in court, though. And yeah. that's, like, that's been proven time and time again. And I think that they probably didn't want to go to the effort of 
you know, going through another lawsuit. And then you got to, it's your, it's the, the you got to drudge it up mom. again. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to move on to our next one. Okay. 1980. This is really rough. Now we're in the me. 80s. Okay. The 80s has more. I'm still 10 years, 15 years from being born. <laughs> You're so young. Yeah. So, 1980, um, it's only a year later. So that death also, like I said, doesn't count in the 11, the one that we just talked about, because yeah. you can't prove you can't prove Space Mountain caused her to die. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, you can definitively say, yes, this person died on the Matterhorn because they stood up on the ride. Okay. So this is actually another grad night. <laughs> Stormy. Um, I'm just really sad, like something I love so much. And it's a lot of deaths. It's a so lot. So many deaths. All in a row. So I just wanted to do a sound. You just got to do it. Yeah. So this was actually another grad night party at the park on Friday, June 7th, 1980. Don't, lesson already immediately, don't graduate from high school. Don't go to grad night. No, don't graduate from high school. Oh yeah, kids, stay out of school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 18-year-old Gerardo Gonzalez with his classmates, uh, he was with his classmates uh, from San Diego High School. At 1.30 a.m., he was on the People Mover ride. It's another problematic, yeah. And while going through a tunnel, he- Hashtag problematic. Yeah. While going through a tunnel, he decided to jump into another car. Oh, also hashtag problematic. Yes, so many hashtags. Anaheim police (laughs) investigated and they said he was trying to get into another car when he lost his footing and fell onto the track. Another train following at a distance of 75 to 100 feet struck Gerardo and dragged him until the ride's operator could be notified to stop the cars. Because the way the people mover worked, it... The, it, the cars themselves don't actually move. It's the track that moves. Oh, interesting. And this one doesn't have, you know, like all, all the other rides. If somebody falls or anything falls off the ride, the ride automatically stops within 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. The people mover would just keep going if something fell. And wow. some, someone would have, a ride operator would have to fully shut down the entire ride. My sunnies. <laughs> yeah. My wallet. Yeah. My best bud. Say bye. Say bye forever. Um... So Disneyland medical personnel and Anaheim paramedics were called, but Gerardo was pronounced dead at the scene of internal injuries. Oh, man. So our next one, 1981, Mel Yorba is our victim. Okay, so... Yorba? Yorba. Okay, cool. The next death happens a year later, and... uh, Wow. Sometimes you don't hear... Not a great time for Disneyland. No. The 80s, yeah, there were four deaths in the 80s. That was was the most for them. Um, this one is a bit more dramatic because it is our homicide. Yep. Jeez. Didn't mean to press that one. Just pressing all of them. (laughs) It was 10 p.m. on Saturday, March 8th, 1981, when an 18-year-old teenager named Mel C. Yorba was stabbed in Tomorrowland near the Matterhorn. He was from Riverside, California, and got into an altercation with two other people, 25-year-old Julie Holdener and 28-year-old James O. Driscoll. Julie and James were both from San Diego. Witnesses uh, gave this account to Anaheim police. They said, Julie and James were in line for the Matterhorn when Julie suddenly felt someone pinch her on the butt. Oh. Yeah. Some guy walks by and just pinches her. Ugh. She tells her boyfriend James, and he immediately wants to go fight the guy who did this. Yeah, because right? fuck that guy. You know yeah. what, though? Like, Violence is not the answer. It's not. But also oh, sexual, se- sexual assault is not cool either. You can't just no. go around grabbing... Julie points in Mel Yorba's direction, and that's when this altercation begins. Um, he basically, James chased Mel basically over to where the submarine ride is, mm-hmm. and they just get into this fight. Um, and they're kind of rolling around, punching, um, 
they say that Mel actually hit James first. He was the first one to hit. Our victim was the first one. And Chewie James shot first. What? Star Wars. Oh, right. Chewie? No. Was Chewie there? I don't know. Han. Don't bring up references you don't even know. You're just <laughs> doing it to make yourself look like a fool. <laughs> so Mel hit James and then they're fighting. And James, he had an eight and a half inch knife and he stabs Mel. Why did he have that knife to begin with? People, dude, I read a lot of stories about people just straight up carrying guns into Disneyland. I read a story about a woman who was with her five-year-old child, and she dropped her purse, her handbag on the ground, and her thirty-eight went off and shot her daughter in the leg. Oh, my God. <laughs> when they're waiting in line for It's a Small World. Oh, my God. People, a lot of people brought guns to Disneyland back in the day. They uh, don't anymore. You can't because there's now metal detectors. But a lot of people brought guns and knives. <laughs> All right. So James had an eight and a half inch knife. Like I said, a lot of people were packing heat, packing knives at Disneyland. It was the cool thing to do, you know? Really? No. So <laughs> Disneyland security first apprehended Julie, um, the girl who was pinched, and then called Anaheim police, who later detained James, who they found hiding. The woman that was assaulted was... It, was they, they, they didn't know what happened, so they needed okay. to... They didn't know if she was involved. Did she incite something? You know, maybe she was like, get him, get him, you know? that's That could be a crime right there. <laughs> long one i know but i think it's worth it because i think it's bullshit that the woman that was assaulted i know was she's detained. detained um and then police were looking for james they found him hiding in the bushes in adventureland and he'd thrown he'd thrown the knife into the moat around the castle the park <laughs> no it's cool guys i am gonna bring a knife i will start shit but i got a plan <laughs> at any park that i'm at there's bushes i'm gonna hide in the bushes i'm gonna throw my knife Somewhere else. Yep. And Smart. Never catch me. You got to get I'm rid of James, that. The murder weapon. And I'm aggressive and dumb. <laughs> the park uh, had been uh, closed for a private party of about 10,000 oh, people. Disneyland, stop closing for private parties. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of these, these incidents happen when the park is closed for a private party. It was for a company called Roar Corporation, which is an aerospace manufacturer in Chula Vista, California. Chula Vista. Yep. <laughs> And Mel Yorba, the victim, he was the son of a Roar uh, Corp employee. When the two suspects were arrested, Julie and James, they were held on $250,000 bail. James was charged with murder, and Julie didn't end up being charged with anything. Okay, good. The story made national headlines. This was a big deal when this one happened, and Disneyland came under a great amount of scrutiny over this event because when Mel was stabbed, they failed to call paramedics. Anaheim officials, yeah. Hold on. Yes. Why? I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm You're shocked. not interested. You're shocked. <laughs> I'm so mad. Anaheim officials believed they failed to do this because it would be bad for the park's image. Um, but Disneyland denied that. Mel lay on the ground bleeding for 20 minutes before the park Come nurse. On. Yeah. Before the park nurse Elizabeth Miko arrived to assist. Um, and the, the Disneyland park nurse, it's her job to determine what needs to be done. She's kind of in charge and decides whether or not um, someone needs to be sent to the hospital. She determined that he needed to be taken to a hospital. And Mel was placed into the back of a Disneyland van. 
which had only it had oxygen in there, but no life saving equipment. They don't have lights or sirens, so they have to wait at red lights. Stop it. They literally put him in the back of a van, a Disney van. That's disgusting. Isn't that ridiculous? Um, so and he was driven to the nearest hospital, which was not a trauma center. So they, they couldn't meet his needs anyways. Um, so when he arrived at the hospital, he was under cardiac arrest and he had bled to death from wounds, wounds to his heart and liver. He was stabbed in, right in the heart and, and the liver Damn, was caught James. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martel Thompson, chief of operations for the Anaheim Fire Department, said that he had been talking about this issue with Disneyland for years. He said his paramedics had learned about the stabbing in the next day's newspaper. Meanwhile, they were all about three minutes away and could have helped. So here's Disney not using local authorities who are trained for these kinds of scenarios, and they're three minutes away. Um, at the time, two Disneyland employees... To be fair. Yes. Can't get that bad press. <laughs> That's right. You don't want that bad press. Don't want that bad press. But the irony is, is they got worse press afterwards because it was... Everybody knew what they had done and that they didn't call paramedics. Well... And it ended up changing a lot of things. Even bad press is, is better than no press. Not for Disneyland. <laughs> so at the time, two Disneyland employees actually said that it is their policy that no paramedics are permitted on the grounds of the park and that they use their own van to transport injured guests to the hospital. That's bullshit policy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know who else does that? Who? Gang members. Yes. And then they're like, let's take them to the hospital, but we'll just like roll them out in front. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they bother doing that? Well... Because in that one episode of ER, oh, they boy. did that. <laughs> <laughs> so James pled not guilty to the charge of murder. And at trial, he said the stabbing was an accident. He said Mel was with two other guys. And when the fight broke out and Mel punched him, he was enraged and he got out his knife to defend himself. I just want to say it's sad that this Mel kid died, but also mm -hmm. he was not such a nice character running around grabbing women. And yeah. I was reading a little bit about him. He's not very well liked by even like some of his friends. Doesn't mean he deserved to be stabbed to no, death. He, but I just want to add that he was running around the park grabbing girls. That's also not cool. Yeah. But he did not deserve to be stabbed. Three uncool things here. Yes. Yes. Uh, one, very uncool that he was just grabbing ass. Right. Uh, also, very uncool James. Yes. Murdering. Yeah. Um, and very uncool that this woman, this, um, what was her name? Julie? Yeah, Julie. The girl who was pinched. Yeah. On her rear end. Um, very uncool that she was detained. Right. Um. She was a victim. Yeah. Yeah. Feels very common. Yeah, I think so. But very uncool. James said that when he and Mel fell to the ground in the scuffle, that's when he accidentally stabbed Mel. The jury ended up being deadlocked and there was a mistrial. And in May of 1983, there was another trial and James O. Driscoll was convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to 16 years in prison, which means he was likely released in 1999. He literally got more time in prison yeah. than the guy last week, Schneeberger. Dr. Schneeberger, yeah. Yeah. He only got just, six years. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I know. He, he drugged and raped and got away with it for and five years. And sexually assaulted and, like, drugged and raped his stepdaughter also. and Something wrong with the world. And he world. got to go back to South Africa. And he got to keep his accent. <laughs> Which is not fair. Um, we're, we're almost done here. Well, I don't need to say that, but we're almost done here. Oh, I want to bring up one more, one more of those ones where 
Um, technically, this isn't one of those 11 deaths at the park because there was no ride that caused it. Disneyland wasn't at fault, but it was a death at the park. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because it happened the same year in 1981. Um, and the public right now is like, after this kid got stabbed at Disneyland, everyone is very concerned about this. Okay. Um, so uh, Mel was stabbed in March of 81. And then it was April 16th, 1981. A 34-year-old mother named Janet Wallace, she collapsed at the park and died of a seizure. She was at the park with her husband and three children and was standing in line for popcorn when she collapsed and began convulsing and vomiting. She was taken to the hospital to the hospital via Disney van again, much what like the Mel. Hell? And she died there. So while the death, you know, it doesn't it's not the same as these others. It still was like people were like, what is with this Disney van? Dude. Why are you putting people in a van? You know, yeah. so the public is is a little bit outraged and some changes need to happen. Disney agreed there was a problem and decided to meet with county health officials to come up with a plan. In the meantime, just a day after the death of Janet Wallace, Disney hired a full time ambulance to work for the park. Uh, but this wasn't meant to be permanent, and their intention was to make their Disney vans more like ambulances with lights and what's called so- code three equipment. <laughs> <laughs> they want to make their own. They want to have be their own ambulance. Like they want to have their own system because Disney, you're not Warner Brothers. Like you don't <laughs> yeah, have you a have fire department own. on your lot. Right. Well, they do actually. Well, then use it. But the thing is, is like when you see cops coming in, you see EMT coming in, you see, you know, like it's going to freak our guests out. So we need like people in Disney costumes running around doing this stuff, you know. So they they tried to set up their own little system and it was a temporary measure. But to go back to Mel for just a second, his family did sue Disney for wrongful death. And the original suit that Mel's family had brought against Disney was for $60 million. This is the first one where I'm actually seeing wow. it's documented that there Good was a them. lawsuit. But the lawsuit was thrown out because they were technically trying to say that it was Disneyland's fault that he'd been stabbed. Because they were also critiquing um, park security staff, which was like a bunch of just untrained like part-time teachers who were like moonlighting at Disneyland. <laughs> and these these security people didn't have any like martial arts training and they didn't have weapons they didn't or they didn't know how to deal they didn't even we're still decades out from seeing kung fu panda (laughs) (laughs) so they tried you know they tried to blame disneyland for the stabbing but the judge threw that out and said listen i'm gonna throw this out now but you should try to sue them again and so he encouraged them and they did they sued again and in july 1986 the yorba family actually won their lawsuit and they were awarded six hundred thousand dollars it's not 60 million it's not very much but it's still they still get, did get some money. And during the trial, it was revealed um, because they went in and, and looked at every single thing, including Disneyland's official policy. And they discovered that it's actually Disneyland's official policy that in life-threatening situations, the paramedics are supposed to be called. But the nurse working that day made the call to just take him in a van to the hospital. She said she had been told never to call the paramedics. So you have the unspoken rule Mm. that employees are telling each other, don't call the paramedics, you're not supposed to. But the actual official Disney rule is call the paramedics. And that, that now is public information. And so now we all know that Disney has to call the paramedics and there will be no confusion. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So... That is seven deaths that we have. We're going to end part one with this one. I want to ask that what you're thinking. That was just part one? That was just part one. <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, my God. The next part, we're going to talk about the last four deaths. And there's obviously, as the years go by, more and more information because, yeah. you know, just because of the way 
information is now and because people are more aware anyways what are you thinking so far um great moments with mr lincoln is a beautiful <laughs> ride and anybody it's not a ride it will take you on an emotional journey that is filled with ups and downs and that is as riveting Jeez. as california screaming Jeez, uh it's really cool all right, let's uh, wrap out this episode. Kim, how can you find us on our social media? You can go to www.internet.com slash Kim Knows Nothing. Uh, we are at Kim Knows Nothing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as .com. And the .com stuff has a ton of links to everything that Stacy has diligently worked really hard on and, and found all the sources for so that's all there and then instagram and twitter has a lot of that and then some other additional fun stuff as well so follow us on all the things all right signing off thanks for listening see you next time sorry about it